problem 15. So they have a square. Looks like a square. I don't know if it's a square just yet. And they have a triangle that comes off of the square like this. Oh, close enough. And what do they tell us? They tell us that this is 90 degrees, this is 60 degrees, and this is A, B, C, D, and E. And what are they saying? And the figure above, E, B, C, D, is a square. Okay, and AE is equal to eight. What is the area of E of E B C D? So we just have to figure out one side of the square, and it's a square, so all the sides are equal, and then we're done. And this is actually um, just a 30-60-90 triangle problem. How do I know it? Because this angle is 60, this is 90, so this one has to be 30, right? Because they add up to 180. And if you don't even remember what a 30-60-90 triangle where they add up, you could go back to page 838, and they tell you if you look at you know, the middle of that page, they have special right triangles and they tell you um, you know that if the hypotenuse is 2x if the hypotenuse is 2x that the side opposite the 30 degree side is x and then the side opposite the 60 degree side is x square root of 3 right so if x is equal to 8 what's x squared of 3 x squared of 3 is going to be equal to 8 square roots of 3 and of course this side will be 2 times 8 which is 16 I always think that the 30 degree side is half of the hypotenuse, and then the 60 degree side is square root of 3 times the 30 degree side. That's how I think about it. But you can just look at that at what they do on page 838, and you'll know this is if this is 2x, the side opposite the 30 degree side is x, and the side opposite the 60 degree side is x times the square root of 3. So this has to be 8 times the square root of 3. If this side is 8 squared times square root of 3, so then is so is this side. And so to figure out the area of the square, you just say. 8 times the square root of 3 times 8 times the square root of 3. And what does that equal? That's 8 times 8, that's 64, times the square root of 3 squared. And what's the square root of 3 squared? That's, that's just 3. So it'll become 64 times 3. And that's what, 180 plus 12, that's equal to 192. Next problem. It's really good to become become comfortable with the 30, 60, 90 triangles. You'll probably get one or two extra problems on the SAT if you get really proficient at that. In a mixture of peanuts and cashews, the ratio by weight of peanuts to cashews is 5 to 2. Peanuts to cashews, and that's really the weight, is 5 to 2. How many pounds of cashews will there be in 4 pounds of this mixture? How many pounds of cashews It'll be in four pounds of this mixture. So we know that cashews plus peanuts is going to be four pounds. And we also know I could you know multiply both sides of this equation by C, this top one. We also know that peanuts is going to be are going to be five halves the number of cashews, right? Because the the rate the weight of peanuts to cashews is five to two. So peanuts is going to be five halves cashews. And the cashews plus the peanuts is equal to four. So we can why don't we just substitute? Why don't we just substitute this in for this? So we get cashews plus five halves of cashews is equal to four. And what is this equal to? This is equal to dot common denominator two. This is like one cashew, right? So that's two over two plus five over two cashews is equal to four. So going up here. 
That's 7 over 2 times cashews is equal to the 4. Let's multiply both sides of this times 2. So then you get 7 cashews is equal to 8. Divide both sides by 7. You get cashews is equal to 8 seventh pounds. How many? How many pounds? Right, eight sevenths pounds. So one and one seventh pound, one and one seventh pound is going to be cashews. And I, at this step here, I could have just multiplied both sides by two sevenths, times two sevenths, two sevenths. This would have canceled out, and I would have gotten the same thing, eight sevenths. So there are eight sevenths pounds of cashews here. Next problem. Kind of an odd number, but I think they, uh, on these free answer, they sometimes give you problems that might have not the most clean numbers just to trip you up. Okay, so that's the y-axis. That's my x-axis. After this problem and the next, I will go to bed. So that's the y-axis. And then they drew a line here. Looks something like that. They call that line L. Line L. They draw another line this and they say this is a whoops so this is a this is B and they say that this point right here is a point eight comma three okay line M not shown passes through the origin that's O and intersects a B between a and B what is one possible value of the slope of line M so line M intersects at the origin and intersects this line someplace it's going to look Something like this. So the whole issue here is that this line is going to have a lower slope than this line, than line L. So what is the slope of line L? Well, it goes to the point 8, comma 3, and it also goes to the point 0, comma 0. So what's the slope of line L? Change in y over change in x. Change in y over change in x. 3 minus 0. 3 minus 0 over 8 minus 0. 8 minus 0 is equal to 3 eighths. Right? So this slope is 3 eighths. So in order for this slope has to be less than this. And it's also going to be greater than 1, right? Because it's still in the first quadrant. So it's still going to be in this range. So what's a slope that's less than 3 eighths and greater than 1? Well, I don't know. 2 eighths, which equals 1 fourth. That would work. That's less than 3 eighths and greater than 1. I mean, you could say. I don't know, you could say 1 eighth, that would work. 1 16th would work. 1 1 thousandth would work. Any of those. That's all possible values for um, the slope of m. Because they just say it intersects a, b between a and b. It doesn't say you know where. So any any line, you know, it could look like this. It could be, the line could look really small slope. That would be like a slope of 1 over 1,000. But it would still work. Next problem. Problem 18. Whoops. Problem 18. Okay, so they gave us a table. So they say year, number of students. They go 92, 93, 94, 95, 96. 92, there was x, then 15, 52, 12, 38, 14, 59, and 13, 51. 
The table above shows student enrollment at Weston High School from 1992 to 1996. If the median enrollment for the five years was 1351, so this is the median, this is the middle number, median, and no two years had the same enrollment, what is the greatest possible value for x? So 1351 has to be the middle number. So 1351, let me make another list. 1351 has to be the middle number. And let's see, what are the numbers that we know are definitely greater? We have 1451, and then we have 12, and then we have 1552. 1552. And the numbers that are less, we know, so this is the median. We know that 1238 is less. 1238 is less. And we know that if, if 1351 is the median, then x is also going to have to be less than, it has to be, there has to be two numbers less than 1351. So x has to be less than 1351, so x. Although, you know, x could be here as well. It, doesn't, it could be larger than 1238. So we know that x is x is less than 1351. And we know that no, and it could have been equal to 1351, but they tell us that no two years have the same enrollment. So what is the largest possible value for x? Well, it's 1350, right? Because you know what the largest number that's less than 1351. And then this would be 1350 here. And then 1351 would still be the median. And we are done. I'll see you in the next section.